Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with the Gabe Ramirez Show on 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. It is Gabe Ramirez, and now we get the opportunity to talk to somebody who I, I thoroughly enjoy. He's joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the lead writer for Colts.com and a slew of other things that he does for the team as well. Uh, used to work at NBC Sports Chicago. Him and I did Sports Talk Live together a ton of times. Of course, talking about none other than John J.J. Stegovitz. What's up, my brother? What's up, man? Gabe, it's so good to be on with you. So good to talk some ball back on the airwaves in Chicago. Excited for it. Isn't it? I mean, like, as I was, like, I'm, obviously I see your stuff all the time and I follow you on Twitter and stuff. And then I was just like, finally, I get to call this guy and get him on the damn radio to hang out with me for a little bit. But wait, 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 wait. Because I know you used to be on these airwaves a lot. A lot. Specifically with a good friend of mine, Lawrence Holmes. So I want to uh-huh. give you the proper introduction, my friend. Oh, yeah. Have a little fun, brother. Let's go. Okay? Have an awesome go, game today, Ken. J.J. Stankovitz, covering the Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. When the Bears were in the midst of their four-game losing streak, the mantra was, it's not all Mitch's fault. And then Mitch Trubisky throws her 338 yards, and the mantra was, it was Mitch's death. <laughs> J.J. Stankovitz with Lawrence Holmes on 670 The Score. Oh, that's great. Oh, man. Of course, uh, no longer with NBC Sports Chicago. That was a badass introduction right there. That was powerful. The, the You know, your guys there, like Adam, and then uh, when Herbie produced Lawrence's show, I'm just glad you didn't play the one where every time I went on Lawrence's show, it was me saying, well, I'm going to go drink pizza or drink beer and eat pizza, but I earned it. Uh, Okay, maybe we'll have to maybe I'll pull that one out the vault and see if we can get that one over there. JJ, uh, but you know why you're here. Obviously, uh, you know, Bears with the number one pick in the draft just seems so odd to be in that position. But here we are. And so before we even get to that team, I'm just curious what the what, what what's the temperature of the city in Indianapolis when it comes to this team? What are their expectations? What do they want to have happen, not only with this draft, but this offseason? I mean, currently, it's it's a lot of frustration with the state of the team, frankly. And, uh, you know, Chris Ballard opened his press conference. The first words he said on Tuesday were, look, I failed. And he, he took quite a bit of accountability for the Colts finishing 4-12-1 in a season where everyone around the league had the Colts winning the division. They had the Colts winning the AFC South in a division that a lot of people thought was not very good. And 
the Colts were, were viewed as sort of the class of the division, you know, thinking that you'd have Matt Ryan dropped in with a, a top-tier offensive line and the best running back in football, that being kind of what would get this team over the hump and into the playoffs and, in, you know, in as the division champion for the first time in, since 2014. And it just went completely haywire in a way that no one saw coming. Um, and, you know, the, this team had to absorb some historic losses. They had their head coach be fired during the season. They had numerous quarterback changes. And Chris Pallard in his press conference, he said, you know, about the fourth overall pick, which the Colts had, he said, you know, blank. He said the F word. We earned it. Uh, and uh, that's, that's sort of the state of the franchise right now. But there, there is quite a bit of interest, obviously, in who the head coach is going to be, but then what the team's plan is with that fourth overall pick. And I think that brings you to Gabe, why you're calling me right now. Yeah, of course I am. Cause I want to know how many limbs are also going to be included in this package that you guys are going to put together to give the bears <laughs> for that number one pick. How many ch- offspring, how many cattle? I want to know like, what is what like art? Do you think that the Colts will do something like that where they understand they need to leapfrog a couple of teams uh, to get the guy that they want, or one team in particular, um, to get the guy that they want. And like, do you feel like they're a franchise that would do something like that? I mean, after their their like history with veteran quarterbacks over the last you know a uh, couple of years. Yeah, um, couple couple things here. The the first thing to know, Gabe, is that Chris Ballard on Tuesday was pretty emphatic when he was asked if you identify a quarterback who you think is going to be the guy, would you be willing to trade up and get him? And he said yes. The second part of that is that it's January uh, 12th. The Colts have not done extensive evaluations of the quarterbacks in this class. They're still post-morteming the 2022 season. It's a really extensive evaluation that Chris Ballard leads with the, the coaching staff and the front office to evaluate what went wrong and what went right in the season. So once the Colts are done with that, Um, which will kind of lead right up into the senior bowl. That's when the Colts really are going to dive in as a a front office into the quarterbacks in this class. And, you know, that's going to mean, obviously there are a couple names out there that, you know, you've seen these guys mock to the Colts, whether it's CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Bryce Young. um, These are all guys who the Colts are going to do thorough evaluations of and figure out, Okay, what's our what's our take on these guys? But JJ, but JJ, but JJ, I want you to put your GM cap on, right? Because there's two different approaches. It's either you are going to trade up, or you're mm-hmm. going to settle for whatever is available for you. You know, with those three quarterbacks, let's say. Well, it's, you know, it, it it is that it is that, but also you have to understand what like what other teams are going to do, and the the calculus that Chris Ballard is tasked with now is. Okay, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're, you're totally right about that, kid. Could you sit back a little bit? Could I sit back and, all right, I have so-and-so graded as the highest quarterback in this class because, you know, maybe, you know, there's a difference of opinion and the guy who everyone thinks is the first overall pick maybe is not the first overall pick on the Colts board. Do you then say, if we sit back at four, we can still get that guy? This is something Chris Ballard has been really good at over the course of his tenure as general manager is knowing when to sit back knowing when to stand pat, and knowing when to trade up to go get players. He's been very good at that. He, he does such a remarkable job canvassing the entire league, 
getting information and getting an idea of, all right, you know, hey, if we think this quarterback is the number one pick in the draft and we have him head and shoulders above everyone else on our board, yeah, we're going to have to go get him because, by the way, the Falcons or the Titans or the Panthers or the Lions are going to go up and get him. Or if we have this guy number one, but we know around the league that different, you know, there, there are split opinions on him, and we can sit back at four and we can hang on to that number 35 overall pick and our first round pick next year or whatever it may be, then we should do that. So it, it all goes down, though, to what the evaluation of these quarterbacks are. And I think it's interesting, Gabe, if you look back at the history of when teams have traded up to number one, it usually has come after the combine. It's usually been early to mid-March in that stretch between the combine and free agency. Sometimes we'll see it as late as April. But if if a team is going to get aggressive to go get the guy, they usually make that move after the combine when they have really got a a clearer picture of the draft class. We're talking to J.J. Stankovitz here on 670, the score senior writer for the Indianapolis Colts, amongst a slew of other things that he does for the organization. Uh, I'm Gabe Ramirez. Now, J.J.'s from Chicago, though, low-key, guys. I want you guys to pay attention. He got Chicago area codes on his phone. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, from, I'm from Oak Park. Let's, no, let's no, no. Let's I'm be not, real about this. No, no, I'm no. From I'm from the city. I'm from Oak Park. No, I, I, I don't allow for that. I used to. I, that used to be me. I was the anti, you can't say your when, when I When I first went to college, I went to SIU initially, J.J., and, you know, a little punk 18-year-old kid, when people would say they're from Chicago and they would say they're from, the you know, the Burbs, and it would really piss me off. And I'd be like, if I wrote you a letter, that's how old I am. If I wrote you a letter, would it say Chicago on it? Then you ain't from Chicago. I used to hold true to that. But then once you're on the radio long enough and you understand that Chicago just accounts for a little baby three million in, in, in the Chicagoland area <laughs> and there's another five or six million on the outskirts, then you want to be nicer to those kinds of, you know, to the, to the suburban nights. So you're a Chicagoan. Now I want you to put your Chicago cap on and I want you to tell me what you would do if you were the Chicago Bears. So... If I were sitting there at one from just some of the folks I've talked to early in the draft process, and again, emphasis on early, this seems like a, a, a five player draft um, where you've got the three quarterbacks who people have pegged right now, Will Levis, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. And then you've got the two defensive guys, Will Anderson from Alabama, Jalen Carter from Georgia. And if I'm the bears, I think I'd probably want to get one of those, those two defensive players, those two studs, because if, if it plays out the way that it's trending right now, and it's still extremely early, you, you might not want to drop down below number five in the draft. Because if you think, look, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, these guys have hall of fame potential. You don't want to miss out on that guy. And obviously you don't need the quarterback. So that leaves you with, okay, if we trade down to five and we figure the, you know, or we trade down to four within Indianapolis, we are almost guaranteeing that we get one of those two guys. I think that just, just logically speaking right now, that to me seems like the path they might want to take. Now, I have no idea. I've been unplugged from the Bears for two years. I don't know Ryan Poles. I don't uh, I know Matt Eberflus. So I was just about to say I don't know Matt. I know Matt Eberflus, <laughs> but I don't know Ryan Poles. I don't know how he operates. Um, so I can't really speak any more on that. But um, just from what I've heard from some analysts so far, that would be just something to keep in mind as things move forward. I did like the fact that you threw a couple of wheeze in there. It made me feel good. Like, you know, you still got, look, home, look, still man, got home in you your heart. You know who signs my paychecks now? You know, it's, 
It's not, it's not, you know, the peacock anymore. It's, it's, uh, it's Jim Irsay who signs my paycheck. It's a, it's a cult. It's a, it's a horseshoe that's over there doing that. I like it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And that actually leads me into my very next question. I mean, obviously, you've been down there for a little bit, covering a different team. You know, having your roots in Oak Park. Uh, what's something that the Colts do differently uh, than the Chicago Bears that has stood out to you in your time covering them? That's a good question. Um, what do the Colts do differently? I mean, I, I think just like from from a media perspective, it's a smaller market. Um, so I found like access is better, but I also can't differentiate if that's because I'm the team writer or not. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and, and the, the, the Colts are a team that have what I've found is, is really good communication between all departments and it's not just you know football ops to coaching staff it is a really neat environment to work in um so yeah i would i would say just you know the the, like the overall feel in the building is really cool but again it's also kind of hard for me to differentiate when like you know i was outside media in chicago yeah you know being inside media has some of its benefits for sure and um i have to say you know the the dudes on this team it was not the season um, that anyone here in Indianapolis thought thought it was going to be, but the the dudes in that locker room are just is so many solid dudes. Like I cannot tell you how much I respect guys like DeForest Buckner, Zaire Franklin, Paris Campbell, Bobby O'Karake, um, you know Grover Stewart, Ryan Kelly, just down the list. Matt Ryan, just like good dudes in that locker room who really put in a lot of effort this year. They didn't get the results they wanted or expected, but um, always went to work with a, a really impressive level of professionalism that I came to really appreciate. That's exciting, man. And that's really what I was just looking for, you know, because you, 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 you get so blinded sometimes by your own team, and then all of a sudden you, you have access to another squad, and then you get to see the differences. You know, and I'm talking about from a fan's perspective as well, right, where – you know, we only know the Bears and we just see from the outside how other teams move and shake, right? And so, you know, you being so close, but I love that. The players themselves, what you said that really stood out was the communication in every department. I think that that says a lot about the organization. And and you saw that in his press conference, in the GM's press conference, right? Chris Bowers' press mm-hmm. conference that, like, hey, I'm just going to let you know. Yeah, yeah, we, we I didn't do my job. I do want the number one pick if I see a quarterback that I like and I will move, you know, with mountains if I need to in order to get there. Like, that's what you really want, ultimately, right? Not only as a, as a writer, you know, but because you, you want that candidness, uh, but but also as a fan base. Um, all right, here's my last question, and this was only because I had Alex Pier- Alec Pierce on my fantasy football squad, dude. What what did you think was the issue outside of the quarterback for that team? I mean, every everyone took their turn this year. Um, it, it was, you know, early in the season, the Colts did not have the continuity on their offensive line that they wanted. And that led to quite a bit of protection issues. And, you know, then as the season went on, the turnovers piled up. And, you know, you, you saw just, it was like every week someone took their turn in having a hand in why the Colts lost. And, and frankly, it usually was the offense. And they, they admitted that over the course of the season. Um, this was a solid defense that, you know, was top 10, 12 in the league in most, most metrics. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, like I, the, the thing, though, is, when you look at some of the individual performances, like Alec Pierce, who you know is a Glenbard West guy, um, you know, you you see a lot of really good things. 
that showed up on film for some of the young guys on this team. I'm like becoming a Jelani Woods evangelist. Uh, anyone who's going to listen to me over the next couple of months is going to hear like, man, like Jelani Woods is a really good tight end. And if you're looking at a, you know, a guy, a sleeper in fantasy next year, like go ahead and get him. Um, and then while I'm on airwaves here in Chicago, I got to give a shout out Take to my time. fellow Oak Park. I got to give a shout out to my fellow Oak Park River Forest Husky, Dallas Flowers. He is an undrafted free agent who played at, I think it was four colleges. Last was Pittsburgh State, a Division II program in rural Kansas. And Dallas gets signed as an undrafted free agent after the draft. And he doesn't start as the Colts kick returner until halftime of week 12. And Dallas Flowers leads the NFL in yards per kick return at 31.1. Awesome story for a kid who actually is from Chicago, then went to high school in Oak Park. Um, Really cool kid. Tons of confidence in that guy. Um, You're going to be seeing him around the NFL for a while as an electric kick returner. So, you know, in case anyone who knows Dallas is listening, let me tell you, he had a great season here in Indianapolis. I got to see every play of it, and it was awesome to watch. I love that. Nice little, a little bit of love for the local guys, Alec Pierce and Dallas Flowers. JJ, I appreciate you jumping on, man. I'm sure I'm probably going to be hitting you up again to come on at some point before the draft is, as the rumor mill starts heating up. But I appreciate you jumping on, man. Hey, anytime for you, Gabe. Good talking to you. Of course. JJ Stankovitz, senior writer at Colts.com out there uh it's always fun when you see your chicago guys kind of you know making their way around uh the country and you know i know he has a bunch of probably friends and family listening so jj's a good guy i i just reached out out of nowhere him and i again as i mentioned doing some sports talk live on nbc sports together and uh we kept in touch so uh good dude um all right so we will continue the conversation about the chicago bears on the other side i'm gabe ramirez and i feel like people are doubling down on mike tannenbaum statement that the Bears should trade Justin Fields. I have an opinion on it. I don't think the Bears should trade Justin Fields, uh, but I'll tell you what other former executive co-signed that statement, and then I'll tell you my big worry, my big concern about what Mike Tannenbaum is saying the Chicago Bears should do. We'll discuss that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sitting at the top of the draft board, you said if quarterback, you'd have to be a way to do that. But any other position... And possibly being able to trade back from there, what kind of leverage do you view yourself in right now, knowing the offers you could field this year and potentially garnering more draft capital? Yeah, I think it goes back to what I said about flexibility. I think we can evaluate the talent there. We can see what player presents himself in that position to help us. And then we can also look at the scenarios. You know, if the phones go off and there's certain situations where we think that can help us, then we'll go down that avenue too. So. I think we have really good flexibility to help this team, regardless if it's making the pick there or moving back a little bit or moving back a lot. We'll be open-minded about everything. We're back with the Gabe Ramirez Show on 670 The Score. Of course, that was Ryan Poles was talking about the possibility of trading back, what that might look like. Of course, we've all heard him say, I would have to be blown away by a quarterback in order to get there. And the opinions are out, man. The opinions are out. On whether or not the Bear, I mean, I, 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 guess, I guess I get it. You know, it makes for good conversation, right? Gets the people going. Well, there's one f- uh, former executive in particular that is literally adding fuel to the fire. So we, we originally heard Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, I don't want to play the clip, it kind of angers me. But, you know, he talked about the fact that. The Bears should consider trading Justin Fields just because you can get a first and a third. He thinks Bryce Young is going to be better than Justin Fields. And I'm going to tell you my concern in just a second. But my guy Clay Harbor, had him on the show a bunch, he tweeted out that former, former Eagles president Joe Banner agrees with former NFL VP Mike Tannenbaum on Justin Fields. He thinks Fields is a great athlete but does not make quick enough decisions for a quarterback. Banner agrees the Bears should trade Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young. All right, text lines are open. Open up the phone lines, Tyler. Open up the phone lines. Text lines are open. Phone lines are open. And and it's it's only to give you a space to tell me how you feel regarding this conversation. Because there's a lot of opinions out there. And, you, you know, you might go home and, like, you go home, you ain't got no kids, you ain't got no friends to talk to. It's late, you know, but, you, but, you, but you're on fire right now. 312-644-6767. Phone lines are open. I'll read your text messages as well. Had some good ones coming in. Uh, from the 802, the Bears are far too many holes to fill to trade the singular talent they have in fields who was signed for two more years. The counter to that is Mike Tannenbaum says, you get to reset the rookie contract of a quarterback, and you get four years now. Again, I'm not saying this. I'm talking about what Mike Tannenbaum saying. I'm talking about what the Eagles guy is saying uh, to, to, to co-sign that. 
from the 773 Fields is a leader. He needs to get a chance to keep developing. If Poles plays his hand right, he can trade down twice. We've heard that a lot. And rebuild this team in one season. All right. So my other one from the 802 is great. Okay, Gabe. I checked Mike Tannenbaum's career on Wikipedia, and I see no reason to value his football opinions. <laughs> I love that. All right, here's my concern, and this is what I want you to call in about, all right? You know, first, let's, let's ask Tyler. Tyler, what do you think about the, the notion that the Bears could potentially trade Justin Fields as opposed to the first pick in the draft? I don't think they should do it. I don't think that any of these quarterbacks present an upgrade over Justin Fields. Like, you know, just as much as I do, like this is this could be the first time in a long time, maybe ever, that the Bears could have stabilization under center. And I don't think any of these three guys present any sort of an upgrade. Yeah, and it's more than three. I mean, we, obviously, everybody talks about Levis, Stroud and, and Young, but there's other guys out there that probably, could potentially be better. <clears throat> Hendon Hooker, somebody that I really like from Tennessee. Um, Mike Vick came out. In defense of Justin Fields, tweeted out, I'm sick of all the criticism around Justin Fields. He's a great dual-threat quarterback with a lot of talent. He has a top-10 arm in the NFL, but he has no receivers to throw to. This is what I think. If Chicago can get Justin Fields some decent receivers, he can go to the playoffs. Now, they have Darnell Mooney. They have Chase Claypool. So, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure he's thinking of maybe, like, somebody that's better than that person or maybe somebody else that can be in, involved in that little trio of guys. But here's the thing. Justin Fields' last game seven for 21 75 yards I, I and I only want to put that out there <clears throat> because oh this is this is such a great one text lines are open again phone lines are open 312-644-6767 if Justin Fields was seven for 21 for 75 yards with crap receivers with a crap offensive line right where and I'm on board with the concept of keeping Justin Fields. I want to be very clear. Don't come texting and calling trying to trash on me. I just need someone to paint the picture of where Justin Fields will go. What do those stats then look like? Don't tell me he's going to be a dog and he's going he's to be the man. Tell me what he then becomes if he has. He's only going to get one more, one better receiver. Highly unlikely he's going to get the second receiver that they bring in is going to be better than than either Darno Mooney or Chase Claypool. So you're going to get one good receiver and one guy that kind of fits in the mix. And then, you, and then, then you're going to be given at least two starting offensive linemen via free agency in the draft. So you're going to get a better offensive line. You're going to get another weapon in, 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 in the wide receiver room. So then where, what does Justin Fields become? Is it, is it, is it 14? Now from 7 to 20, he's 14 for 30? Is that what he's becoming? Because that doesn't sound like a really, really good quarterback in the NFL. Is he 22 for 30? Is that Are those expectations too high for Justin Fields? That's what I'm trying to say. Where do you think he's going to go? Granted, we know he can run. That's without question. Again, I am simply asking the question, and here's the reason why. Jake, I'm get to you in a second. Here's the reason why. Are we being blinded by our fandom like we were in the past? Specifically, talking about Mitch Trubisky. We as Bears fans were like, you can't tell me anything. Mitch is that dude. And we did it. At least I did. I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of a Bears fan. I don't care who's playing quarterback 
from his Nathan Peterman, you're the man. Boyle, I love you, right? Regardless of who it is. So are we blinded in that same way? Because we're all sitting here trying to be like, no, 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 Gabe. If he has a receiver and some and an O-line, he's going to be the man. Okay, fine. Tell me what that looks like. Because the saddest thing in the world, the saddest thing in the world, and we've experienced sadness here in Chicago at the quarterback position. I don't want to bring up Patrick Mahomes and what that's been like to watch him just excel in the NFL. How sad would you be as a Bears fan if we keep Justin Fields and Bryce Young ends up being the man, ends up being Patty Mahomes 2.0? I'm not saying that he is. I'm simply talking about the idea that you could potentially be in that same spot where you're sad again. Because <laughs> that's what you were. I was so sad. You miss on Patrick Mahomes, goes, wins the MVP, wins some Super Bowls, and you're just watching him and you're – you hate when anybody brings up the fact that he could have been drafted by the Chicago Bears and you get sad. And, you know, we can be sitting here trying to act as if we know exactly how everyone's career is going to play out, but we don't. See, NFL, if that were the case, we would have drafted, the Bears would have drafted Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky. So, again, it's just about the sadness. That's the part that scares me, and that's what I really wanted to open up about. That's the part that scares me with this. Do I think Justin Fields is better than Bryce Young? Yes. Am I scared that that might not be the case? Yes. And it's okay to be two things at one time. 312-644-6767. Gabe Ramirez right here on the score. We're going to be taking your calls. Uh, let's go to Jake out in Rockford. Jake, what's going on, man? What do you got What do you to say about this? What's going, what's going on, Gabe? I love your show, man. Real quick, first of all, I just wanted to say, too, like one thing I like about you is you're open to discussions like this. Uh, like outside of the box scenarios when it comes to the Bears. I feel like a lot, and I'm not dissing the other guys, sure. like the earlier guys, but it just seems like you bring up something kind of off the wall, like a crazy trade idea. They're like, oh, that's insane to just dismiss. Anyway, anyway, with the Justin Fields thing, uh, I'll say this. I do not want him to go. And I'm going to, before I get into what I was going to say, right now, this might sound crazy. I'm more impressed with Justin Fields' stats and what he did with literally nothing than I am with Jalen Hurts and his stats with what he did with arguably everything, anything a quarterback could ever want. I'm more, you know, so many people get focused on stats, 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 and that's it. I I like what Fields is doing, but I'll say this. As a GM, if Ryan Poles isn't turning over every single stone, I think he's crazy. You have to evaluate every quarterback in this draft and say, okay, it could you know? Could he be better than Fields? Could he you know? Could he be the guy? And on top of that, what would I get in return for Fields? And what could we build the team around with those picks? And you know, possibly a player. So I kind of get both sides. Me personally, stick with Fields. Stick with Fields. It's going to be the third year. Like you kind of said earlier, they're they're for sure going to have an upgrade at the receiver. Whether it's a trade, draft, free agency, whatever it is, though, there will be an upgrade. If you, I think honestly, Gabe. If you just fix that O-line to the point where their pass blocking is even average, we're going to see a giant step forward mixed in with, you know, another good wide receiver. I, I just, I, I'm 100% with Justin Fields, but also I do understand the idea of why people would consider it, if that makes sense. Absolutely, Jake. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. You brought up some really good points right there. Let's, let's go over them for a second. First, 
the Justin versus Jalen stats. It's a bold statement, my friend. And you knew I had to pull them up while, while you were talking. I was like, damn, okay, because I know there were some stinkers for Justin Fields. But then I went to go look at Jalen Hurts' stats, and, hey, man, you did your research. Because he had some great games, but you still got to factor in that he had a pretty awesome offense, right? So where Justin Fields, damn near every game but two, he threw for under 200 yards. And one in the two games that were over 200, one was 208, so barely there. And then he had the 254, like his best game of the season where he was 20 for 25 for 254 against Green Bay. Oh, but he had two touchdowns or two interceptions, though. Um, so, so you're looking at Justin. But when you look at Jalen Hurts, I mean, there's a couple games where he has three and four touchdowns thrown. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four games over 300 yards where you would think with that offense he might have had a ton more. So I see the point that you're making. I just, again, it's, it's, it's even if Justin, that's the part that scares me, Jake, is that even if Justin has the O-line, even if he has the receivers, the one part that scares me is, can he? The assumption is yes. The assumption is if he had more time to throw, if he had better wide receivers that ran better routes, then all of a sudden everything kind of magically fits together, right? That's the assumption. There's a possibility that still exists that that might not be the case. That's just and I'll and, and I'm just pointing out again for the millionth time, that's just simply what scares me. I don't believe that's gonna happen. But it's okay for me to say that I'm scared, right? This is, this is a safe space. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 the score. Let's go out to Matt in Arlington Heights. Matt, what do you think about this situation? I'll tell you what, Gabe, I, I don't I don't get it. One of the Bears just do not understand the importance of offensive linemen. It's been like 20 years back to the glory days when we had, you know, Thayer, Hilgenberg, Arthur, Boris, they had a really good offensive line for a few years. All of a sudden now they're drafting, constantly drafting players at the skill positions without an offensive line. And I don't care how good your running back is, your wide receiver, your quarterback, you have to, it's, it's football one-on-one. You have to have a really good, solid offensive line. And I, I just don't understand why these people keep continually, year after year, making the same mistakes. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, you know why? It's because the Bears have always had so many needs. The idea and notion that you're taking an offensive lineman with a top five, top eight, seven pick just oh, seems, the- just, just seems just seems crazy to me so that's why but you you know matt thanks for the call and, and the reality is this right it was frustrating to watch some of these games and seeing some of these quarterbacks have a ton of time to throw how much time did jalen hurts have to throw when he was playing against the bears aaron Rodgers in some of those last games marcus mariota jared goff even it was frustrating i felt like every game i watched from the chicago bears the opposing quarterback was going 10 for 10 to start the game with a touchdown and that does come from some good pass blocking. So I do see that and envision that, that if Justin Fields has a level of comfort in the pocket, then he might be able to make better decisions. But, you know, to go back what um, the Mike Tannenbaum said and also former Eagles president Joe Banner said, listen, it's it's not just the idea of trading Justin Fields away. It's the it's the why, right? Don't come come don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with a solution. And the solution in their eyes is that Justin needs to make better decisions quick quickly 
and he doesn't do that well. He doesn't make quick enough decisions for a quarterback, and I think we've all kind of seen that. Take a couple more calls before I go to break. Mike in Bensonville, are you scared like I am? Is there a little part of you that's scared? You know, I ain't scared, I'll tell you. Um, A little concerned. I'm a, you know, huge Bears fan, have been since I was a little boy, and the biggest thing I think, there's no comparison between him and Trubisky. None whatsoever. Yeah. What you got to you got to look back at. I mean, he has all the potential, and he has he has it. I mean, if you look at his last two years at Ohio State, he was he was unbelievable. Six three touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, the Bears have put him in a bad position, but he's only 23 years old. I mean, you look look at look at a quarterback like Drew Brees. Okay, first three years in the league, he was terrible. Look at his stats. But he learned, and he grew, and he did much better. Uh, I mean, but you got to give him an opportunity. they got to give him at least his third, four-year, put some players in, around him. All right, so what, well, let's say this, Mike. Let's say this. Let's say they do get the offensive line, and let's say they do get, like, Quentin Johnson from TCU, stud wide receiver, 6'4", big dude, put him alongside Claypool, put him alongside Mooney, and – there's minimal improvement. Improvement, but minimal improvement. What, what say you then, let's, let's fast forward, right? Let's try to put ourselves in that, in that space. Week 17, Bears missed the playoffs again, barely. Let's say it's like the Lions by a game or two or something. But it's as a result of an improved defensive line and, and the, the, the secondaries played well and the Bears have, were able to score a couple you know, times off turn. Kind of like old school Bears, right? Defense with just a tad sprinkle of offense, and then you got to 8-8 you know, eight and eight in this situation, 8-9. and nine. Are you satisfied with that Justin Fields that gets you to that level? Uh, yeah. I mean, for next year, I would be. Considering we're the, the, the worst team in the league this year, okay. I mean, got the first draft choice, I would be. But you also have to look at how he's going to progress. Did he make that elevation this third year where we can, like you and I can feel comfortable? Because I was at the beginning of the year, I was kind of like, man, his first five games were just like terrible. And then he kind of turned the page. He did yeah. some things. And then the coaching staff, they accentuated his strong point. Yeah, Luke Gessie did a great job of that, uh, Mike. And you bring, up some, you bring up some great points. You want to see a little bit better because to me also that's something that I asked of Justin Fields from the beginning of the season when I would go on radio shows across the country and they were asking me about Justin and Eberflus. And I said, guys, the, the pressure cannot be on Justin to take this team to the playoffs. The press, the, the, the only thing, the only ask of the Chicago bears was two things. And I've said it a million times. One, be competitive. Don't be embarrassed in games that happened way too often last year. And the second thing was for Justin Fields to get a little bit better. I didn't want Justin Fields. I didn't need Justin Fields to be great. That was too much of an expectation to place on him. I just needed him to get better. And if he can continue to do that, like Mike just said, then that's something that we can live with. All right, I got to go to break. I want to take some more calls, 312-644-6767. Thoughts on Justin Fields? Are you a little bit scared like I am? You know, you, you believe in Justin Fields and what he can do for this team, but you're concerned a little bit, just a little bit, that maybe Bryce Young can be better than Justin Fields. Oh, no. All right, uh, 312-644-6767. We'll take some more calls on the other side. That's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. We had good conversations. I'm excited for the direction he's going. And as I mentioned before, he knows where he has to improve. I think you mentioned that the other day. So we're excited about his development and where he goes next. He showed ability to be impactful with his legs 
there's flashes with his arm. Now if we can put that together, I think we have something really good. We're back with the Gabe Ramirez Show on 670 The Score. That was Ryan Poles talking about Justin Fields. Just excited for the direction that he's headed in. We're having a pretty lively conversation right now. Just just with the ability to get things off of our chest. We've heard a lot of people probably making us upset regardless of what side of the, the conversation you're on when it comes to Justin Fields, the number one pick, and, you know, what should be happening. There's a lot of, of people out there, former executives, a lot of people on TV, radio, just kind of giving all these these things that are out there. But <clears throat> my one thing thing was, you know, we can look at these guys and be like, these guys are idiots or uh, nobody knows what they're talking about. But we can't say that there's 100% with 100% certainty that they're wrong. There's a small percentage that they could be right, right? Small percentage. That's the part that scares me. All right, let's take a couple calls before we get this. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, uh, let's go to Brandon and Elgin. All right, Brandon, what do you think about this? I I like the conversation on the fear and you know being a little scared that uh, maybe Bryce Young or whoever it would be turns out to be a superstar and then Fields not quite as good. I'm actually more afraid of the reverse where we trade fields and fields becomes a superstar. And then the one that got away, that would be so bears that I don't know. And that'd be the next most embarrassing thing to happen in our organization since the 2017 draft, you know, that would be a that like, listen, you want to talk about my nightmares over the last week, Brandon, it includes Justin Fields leaving, getting to a team and him being like, I told you I was the man chip on my shoulder. You think Bryce Young's better than me? Huh? Trust me, it's equally as scary. All right, let's take one last call. Let's go to Kyle out in Rockford. Kyle, uh, is there a, is there a level or a percentage that that, that you know, has you a little bit scared when it comes to this Justin Fields thing? No, no, Gabe, Gabe, man, it's good to talk to you. Um, no, I don't have anything like that. What I got is I want to see improvement in the team. I'm all about the team right now. Like the last like several games like I just I gave up like you know on the team and the giving up on the the way they're playing and it's just like they was frustrated when that Green Bay game they played their asses off I hope I can say that I'm sorry if I can't <laughs> but um they played their they played they played really well in that game and they had the lead going into the fourth quarter and then they just completely bonked it right but what I'm saying is like let's see what he looks like in two years after we've had these good picks we have a couple first round picks this year. We get a couple first rounds next year and we see what he does in that time. Cause next year, if he does good, like he can do. And I think he can, because after that Philadelphia game, I really thought that he uh, looked really good. I, the, he, the numbers don't show well, but I thought in that game, I said to my buddy that he is a better quarterback than hurt. A hundred percent. I was like, I think he's way better. I think he can be more talented than him, and I think he can be scary good. Kyle, I, it's so funny, man, because because we as Chicagoans, like, man, this is the thing. We're like the city of haters. Like, we'll hate on anything, but if we love you, like, if we love you, we will go to war for you. Like, literally, like, no one could say anything bad about you. You, you defend the person till the day they die. I'm the and listen. I'm I'm the same way. Can't say anything bad about anybody. I still, I still love Mr. Risky. I want to be very clear about that. But, Kyle, there's one thing that you said that really stood out to me, and I think that a lot of people need to be focused on. The team. 
Yeah, Justin Fields is a part of the team. You heard the the the, the, the fame saying there's no I in team. Well, guess what? There's no QB in team either. Yeah, that was deep. You guys can use that. It's okay. You guys you guys can use that one. Uh, but that's what we got to look forward to with this with this upcoming free agency and this upcoming draft for the next several months. I think it's important for us as Bears fans to continue to focus on the team. And right now, Justin Fields is a member of the Chicago Bears. So let's build around them the way Jalen Johnson said. Let's get some O-line and, and some, some wide receivers the way some of our callers have mentioned. Because the last thing we want, the last thing we need as Bears fans, is for Justin Fields to get traded and become a superstar. <laughs> I love that call. That was my best one. All right, I'm about to get up out of here. Uh, let's see. Got to say thank you to my guests, Lawrence Holmes, of course, for hanging out with me today. That was great stuff. J.J. Stankovitz, phenomenal job uh, giving us some inside scoop on the Indianapolis Colts. Got to thank my producer. Did an amazing job today, Tyler Farringol, for holding me down. Um, I will be, let's see, next time I'll be on 670 Score Monday. I'll be on actually 10 to 2, filling in for Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes. Uh, so I'll be doing that on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, but you can actually hear me tomorrow, P96, 10 to 3. So if you're riding around, you want to hear some Taylor Swift, come hang out with me on the other side of the dial. All right, mi gente, my people. BetMGM is up. BetMGM tonight is up next. Do not go anywhere. And I will see you next time. Hasta la próxima. I'm Gabe Ramirez. And this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.